Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I'm Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing? Metcalf, doing good. Um, it, it just feels wrong when I do a podcast without you running the show. Um, we did a special episode yesterday with uh, Dan Purcell, of the, formerly of the New Orleans Pelicans. Me and Corey jumped on one, but it, it, you know, I love doing pods with Corey, but it just didn't feel right. So I'm, I'm back. You know, I feel, I feel good now and i'm sorry I, I you know i don't like to break your heart or, or make you upset but we're back in a big way um are you excited that tomorrow's june 1st we're, i'm very it's excited getting here. It's, I, it's here i'm very See how excited. quickly i changed the subject you're back now I now i got i know no so i i i'm being the bigger man here i'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm for, forgiving and forgetting and moving on um even though you're off sneaking around in the shadows potting behind my back it's fine. It's whatever. Um, no, but in, in all seriousness, I'm ecstatic for tomorrow and what's going on at No Ceilings. Um, I don't know. Do, do we want to talk about it? Yeah, we can talk about it. Go, sure. go for it. Go for it. Um, for everyone that didn't see today on social media, we announced that we're launching a draft guide tomorrow. Um, whole team's put a lot of work into it. We've been working on this for a very long time. I'm couldn't be more proud. Like we, we got to see it probably like a couple hours ago. See the final product. Incredible. Looked awesome. Um, we're, we're super amped um, for everyone to see it. Um, our, our Corey does unbelievable job with the graphics. He knocked this one out of the park and he's got some other special announcements tomorrow. We're probably going to also have some fun tricks up our sleeves, probably some apparel. Um, we've been, we've been working our ass off. Like you guys shouldn't be surprised. So um, I'm pumped. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to sleep. I feel like a little kid on Christmas, but uh, Christmas Eve, I guess that makes sense. But uh, no, I'm excited to talk draft with you. I don't, you know, I can't believe it's June 1st tomorrow. The draft month is here, baby. So let's get after it, Metcalf. How are we doing? Oh, God. I just, again, I cannot wait. Um, I, I li- listeners, I hope you guys know by now that we would not just be gassing this stuff up if we didn't think it actually turned out incredible. If it sucked. We just won't put it out. Um, but we're, we're really proud of this. The entire team worked incredibly hard these last couple months, uh, putting merch, draft guide, all of it together. So, you know, just just keep an eye out for it. And if, if you have the means to support us, it would mean the absolute world to us. But enough of that. Enough of that. We're doing more lists. Yeah, everyone's more favorite lists. things. But besides yes. draft guides and merch, lists are next on the list of everyone's favorite things. Last week we did guards, specifically point guards. Uh, today we're doing wings, so we're kind of just lumping in shooting guards and small forwards. Um, anyone we talked about last last episode on the top ten point guards list uh, will not be eligible eligible for today's conversation. So that excludes Mr. Jaden Ivy, Dyson Daniels. Um, those would probably be the two big ones that would have potentially snuck into uh, consideration here. But shooting guards, small forwards, we're just going to combine them into wings. And then the next one, we'll do bigs with power forwards and centers and cap it off there. But Mr. Rucker, I'll let you go first. Who is your number one wing my in the number, 2022 NBA draft class? My number one wing. This is where we're going to get 
we're going to get crazy, folks. You know, I can't believe I'm doing this to you. I'm taking Johnny Davis. Yeah, okay? I'm right being pick. smart. He's, right he's, he's, the best, he's the best wing on the board. I'm getting excited, Metcalf, because, I, you know, we had about a month and a half of just having some weird Johnny vibes of, like, why hey. isn't he not getting enough love? What's going on? I'm starting to think he might be a little bit of a climber. And I'm not getting any buzz. I'm not reporting that. Last year, I had a little bit of a chill. Like, for everyone listening that you've been here all year, I said this. Like, I had a little chill up my spine that Scotty Barnes was going to be a a fan favorite in Toronto with that front office. I have weird vibes that Johnny Davis might not be falling to all these projections with mock drafts. I just I, I keep going around to the, the full tools he has. I, I've watched the tape over and over again. I, I absolutely love how he plays. I think he's going to go to an NBA team with more spacing and talent around him and just blossom. I think it's going to be just the biggest like, oh, this is awesome. What like I'm in a new world. Like this is great. So um, me and you have talked plenty about him. I know how you feel about him. I'm getting. Right there behind you. I'm I'm the, I'm the hype man right behind your back. Like, yes, push the Johnny love. But And, and I love how he defends. So um, did I miss anything? Do you want to talk about him a little bit? I, I'm just a big fan. I yeah, think no, we, we, still. yeah, and we, we've made our love for him known um, mm. all season, especially me. Um, and it hasn't wavered a bit. The, the, <laughs> the last couple of weeks of just the Johnny skepticism has been weird because literally nothing has changed. Um, you know, he still had an absurd scoring output on an unrealistic usage with horrible spacing. And he was one of the best, if not the best defensive wing in this class. So, you know, the, it, it, we're, we're at the point where people are overthinking things. We're at the point where people are looking at just pure numbers without considering context and situation and what those numbers actually mean. Um, and, you know, not all numbers are created equal. So right. Johnny's incredible. Um, apparently he's interviewed with teams as high as I believe the Pistons are the highest one that I've seen. So, um, you know, I, I would be surprised if he went there, but I'm kind of with you where all these mocks have him. It's almost like he's just automatically going to the wizards at 10 in every single mock draft I've ever seen. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if you went earlier than that. I got a question before we go to your pick about mm-hmm. Johnny that I just thought of that I haven't really brought up to you. Everyone's a little, eh, maybe obsessed is the wrong word, but like the shot, we've talked about the shot selection. We both think mm-hmm. that he just had to carry the load. Um, do you think when, cause he's not going to have that usage rate at the next level. He's nope. just not going to do it, especially as a rookie. Do you think because he's, like because he's he's adapted to so many different roles over the last two years that Wisconsin asked him to be. Do you think like he he will thrive with limited usage, like a much smaller sample? Do you think that's going to make him even better, or could you see the way he plays? Like he struggles to kind of find that rhythm because some guys need touches, and like some guys just can't get in a groove without a lot of touches. That's why like I know I'm, this is a different world, but like when you try to play all of a sudden a guy off the bench it's tough for guys to get in that same flow of the game quickly. So I'm saying, do you see a world where Johnny might struggle with a lower usage rate, or do you think that's going to even make it better because he's not going to have to do all the heavy lifting? Yeah. And I, I think it'll make it easier for him because yeah. I mean, we, we saw it in FIBA play where 
he had a bigger role than his freshman year where he just came off the bench every game, but a much lesser role than 35 usage or whatever astronomical number it was his sophomore year. And I'm, I'm with you. I don't expect him to have that same usage. I don't want him to have that same usage, but if he's, you know, a sec, you, you just, your normal shooting guard in a row, in a lineup, I love that. I think he's in a really good cutter, uh, incredible rebounder. Um, and he knows, or he can affect the game in a lot of different ways that isn't just scoring. And right. it's mainly the defense, but he's a good passer. He's not, he doesn't force dumb shots. I know listeners, you're going to pull up a million mid-range, tough mid-range jumpers that he took, but he took those because he had to. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Uh, maybe his offense takes a pretty significant dip right away because he's adjusting to that and just NBA life. But there are so many different ways that he impacts a game that don't rely on him scoring that I'm not really worried about it. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I, I, I think he makes so many damn good plays all over the court that I think wherever he goes, he's going to figure it out. And, and that just goes to tell you every every level of play he's been at recently, he has adjusted and thrived. Like he has made the most out of those situations. As a freshman, they were like, we need you to play elite defense all the time. He did it. Next year, they said, we need you to carry the load offensively. He did it. I mean, so I, I think those guys, that really stands out to me when you're scouting and evaluating is he got these different situations and requests thrown at him and he figured out a way to make it work. So, and I'm, I'm convinced no matter where he goes, he's going to make it work. He's going to work his butt off to, to stick and thrive. So that's all on that. Okay. We did 10 minutes, basically of Johnny <laughs> talk. We're good now. All right. All right. We met our weekly quota yes. uh, moving, moving on. All right. So a couple different directions I could go here, but I'm going to go with a guy who I've stopped overthinking with, and he was a guy I had even higher earlier in the year and then just kind of kept bumping him down a couple spots here and there. And I'm admitting that I'm overthinking it. There are some big holes in his game, but he is one of the best shooting prospects to ever come out of college. And I'm going to go with AJ Griffin. Wow. Um, Okay. I like this. Just the, the shooting efficiency that he had this season. I mean, everything is at least like 87th percentile with the majority of them being over 95th percentile. It's incredible catch and shoot, good one-two dribble pull-up. I think he's got a lot more shiftiness to his game. I think the injury concerns are kind of being overblown, and the vertical pop, I know it wasn't really there this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was him just trying to manage his recovery and you know limit those hard landings and just kind of do what needed to be done and not go over the top of that. Um, as he gets more flexible, I think the, you know, the, the, the on ball develops a little more. Um, I, I, I think it was a case of him only spotting up at Duke. Really. I think that was a case of him being told to, and not a case of him not being able to do more. So I know the defensive issues are glaring and concerning. I don't love them, but the shooting and the offensive upside it's it's gotta be aj for me yeah i'm i'm right there with you i feel like every 
this happens when you you watch film the entire year. I feel like you get to a point where you all of a sudden go, okay, um, I was cooling off on this guy. Let me let me go back around. Let me start this process again. And I'm at that point. The same thing with you. I've been overthinking AJ. Um, I just started watching him again, like just just slowing it down, watching as much as I can, and I'm coming aboard. Like I, I'm seeing the upside. Um, I understand why everyone's getting excited about him. I I think there's a lot of offensive game he's going to probably showcase that he didn't get to showcase a lot at Duke. You know, I think a lot of people are thinking, okay, well, he's this athletically built three-point shooter with a wide base. And, and it's like, no, AJ has some serious tools that I think he's going to showcase, especially when you're talking about like off the dribble. I think he's got some isolation upside that's going to be impressive. And um, I'm like you, I'm not too... The defense, I understand. It's not yeah. great. I think it could be something that could be turned around. Like it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, he's he's gonna be fascinating. Like if I could see someone falling in love with him and he goes early, I could see him falling to eleven and the Knicks are drooling at the mouth. Like it, it's he's one of those wild cards that I think is it's like developing a wild card all of a sudden. Because I was like, oh, he he might go six, seven. Now I'm like there might be a guy that gets up there that spoils that. And then AJ tumbles, like maybe Dyson Daniels is so hot that he goes up there and then AJ's falling back a little bit. So I'm right there with you. I like that pick right, re- real quick on AJ. Yeah. Would it absolutely stun you if he went forward to Sacramento? No. Um, because would you I, I would have a while ago. Now I'm like, AJ's a guy that I think if you're believing, you're all in. Like you, you're yes. like, this is the upside. This is the guy. Cause beginning of the year, this was a guy we thought was going top five. Um, like in the pre-draft, like or not pre-draft, preseason. I hate that I already said pre-draft. It's just a cancer <laughs> in my head. Um like the 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 preseason, we were like, hey, AJ could get top five. If he has a big year with Duke, playing with Paulo, Mark Williams, blah, blah, blah. Then he has that slow out-of-the-gate experience, starts to come on. And it was all of a sudden he was like late lottery to trending towards the top 10. Now it seems like we're in that range where it's like, okay, is someone buying in or is, some, is he just going to be like that 9, 10, 11 range? I, Sacramento's... <laughs> As tradition, sorry, Nick, I don't know if true. Sacramento's going to be the wild card. Like, that's where things are going to get crazy. And I could see them going the smart route with, like, someone like Keegan Murray. I could see them trading out. But I could see them swinging for the upside of A.J. Griffin because um, it'd be rich, but it just needs one team to believe. What about yeah. you? No, I, I like the fit. And and just kind of going down the list, I Detroit at five, I like uh, Portland at seven, I like New Orleans at eight, I like San Antonio at nine, I like Washington at ten. It's like every team in the top ten, basically. I'm like, okay, yeah, I really like that fit because at worst, I think you're getting an elite off ball shooter. Yeah, awesome, and, and, and with with, with legit on ball upside, um, and every every rotation craves these just knockdown sniper shooters and if if that's his worst case scenario that he's going to be a top 10 top five shooter in the league that's worth a top seven pick 
It's funny because it's it's always one of those exercises where we're talking about it now, and we're like that might that might be way too rich, and then we might look back in two years and be like, man, that was that was ballsy, but it was great. That was a great pick. Like it, it's just it always happens. But um, AJ is going to be one of those like wherever he goes is probably not going to shock me because I could see someone just believing in all in. Like uh, they're going to be like he has superstar upside, and, it, and if that is what you believe, whether it's Sacramento, whether it's Portland, whether it's Indiana, I mean, you're just going to be like, Hey, that's the value. That's the swing. We're, we're believing in the tools. Um, so I, I wouldn't be shocked, but I hear you. All right. Who, 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 who you got at three? I'm, I'm going to piss some people off. I'm going to piss them off folks. Cause I'm gonna make Metcalf talk about the other guy. Um, I'm going to take Benedict Matherin. Ooh. Yeah. So <laughs> I will everyone listening going like, what, what are you talking about? You left shaded sharp on the board. We will talk about this. Cause I, I've been brewing some stuff I need to talk to you about and we'll do it on the air. Fine. But, um, I just love Masterin. I think he's scrappy. I think he has legit two way upside. I think there's defensive potential for him to be a pest. He just needs someone to unlock it on a consistent level. I've, I've, I've watched Matherin this year. I've seen him in person. If he looks stocky on tape for everyone listening, he's even more muscular, like muscular and stocky in person. Like he is a, he's a, he's a brick. Like he is a brick shithouse um, in person. I just think this kid's going to have the the potential to be a really nice wing um, at the next level. Like, like he can do a lot of different ways of scoring. He's feisty. He likes to battle to, to create, second chance opportunities like he, he goes and hits the glass and we're going to talk about sharp eventually it's not me saying i don't believe in sharp but it's just one of those like i think matherin's i could see matherin's floor being safer if that makes sense mm-hmm. um sharp i still have a lot of questions and, and we'll get there in a sec but yeah I, i'm going matherin for right now because if i'll sleep better so there you go, Metcalf. What did you think? So I have Matherin at 14. Not for this exercise, but on my board. Oh, and... I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, at 14 on <laughs> the top wings? I was like, what oh, did sorry, he do that, to you? Did he that, like call that out felt, Tommy Davis? That felt like an important clarification. Yes, um, thank you. <laughs> but, you know, the, the gap between there and nine isn't super vast. Is but... that where you have sharp? Uh, I have sharp at eight. Okay, no, that's fine. I got um, so, and I have sharp higher, folks. So you're gonna be like, "What are you doing, Tyler?" And I'm, I'm just telling you right now how I'm feeling right now. Like I, I think I have sharp like eight or seven, and I have mastering at like nine or ten. So it, it's, I might have one higher. It doesn't mean I don't. I wouldn't pick another one if, if it was. I just love Matherin. I really think this is a guy that I've said it for a while. He's going to be a guy that potentially goes in the lottery that I think is underrated. No matter where he goes. If he goes eighth, I'm going to be like, I still think he's a little underrated. Like, I, I just think he can really play. And it's going to be fascinating where he goes. But, sorry. Yeah, no, so, I, 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 I think he's going to be a really good off-ball guard. Um, yeah. I was really underwhelmed with the kind of lack of on-ball stuff we saw from him. Um, you know, maybe that was 
based on what he was asked to do, but he was asked to do a lot better. So, right. you know, it wasn't for necessarily lack of opportunity, even though they ran him off just a ton of screens and asked, you know, he was allowed to take some really tough shots, which I think brought down his shooting percentage. I think he's a much better shooter than yeah. what the, the raw number shows. I, I trust that easily. Love the cutting, love the athleticism. Um, I agree with you on with his defense. That when, when he locks in, he's really good. Um, I just hate the fact that I have to say when he locks yeah, in. Yeah, he's going like to need to get coached hard. I'd like, like that to be yeah. a little more consistent. My thing is why – what – makes what elevates him over a player like Tim Hardaway Jr. or Terrence Ross. I just think like it's it's weird with him because when you watch that Arizona team last year, like I've had people ask me like it, it, he looks small to me and I'm like I understand but you got to realize he's playing next to Dalen Terry who's 67. He's playing again and next to Christian Coloco uh, Tavellis, seven footers. Like he's playing with some big boys all around him. And when I saw him in person, I was like, he is rock solid. Like yeah. he, he's feisty. He, he goes at people, people just bounce off him. Um, I just think there's a little bit more upside Metcalf. Like the defense is what's going to swing it in my opinion right now, because if he becomes a consistent, like pest defensively, that's a really dang good player that's going to mm-hmm. play a long time and potentially be like a starter because then he could just get after both sides. I think the playmaking upside is really going to also pop. Like that's something that's going to be developing with time. Um, I understand what you're saying about like the on-ball stuff because Arizona just ran, like you're saying, they ran him on so many screens. It was either like on-ball pick and roll or and him coming off and taking an elbow jumper or him running across the court for off-ball screen. Like, it's going to be interesting, but I just can't get over the idea of like, maybe he continues to develop into this more versatile um, weapon. Sure. All right. Well, at number five, I'm going to, or number four, excuse me. I'm going to go with uh, the guy you mentioned, Shaden Sharp, who I think I kind of want to lump him in with AJ and Mather in here. And this is a good, this is a good, yeah, I'm sorry. This is a good, trio like because yeah i I wasn't expecting this and these are the names i'm shuffling constantly right now like i'm i'm it's it's amazing how quickly it's shifted because i had sharp up there and i'm like okay now i'm watching way more like i i'm getting dangerously possessed now where i'm like okay i'm watching way too much but you're also starting to see stuff. Go ahead. Sorry. So if, if I ask you to rank their, let's say, 50th percentile outcome of who they are as a player, which would be a disappointment, but not necessarily, you know, a complete failure, if that makes sense. Ooh. Who would you feel more confident in the, their 50th percentile being the most productive? Oh, I. uh I don't know. I, I'm telling you, I I would probably say AJ's top. I would probably say Matthew might be two. That was my order as well. And that's and I'm, I'm and I'm not knocking sharp, guys. No, like everyone no, no, listening, no, no, I'm no, not no, knocking no. sharp. I just I think there's a long way to go. A long way. And he could be a superstar. We've talked about yes. it. We had Jake Rosen on. We talked in detail. I still feel the exact same way. He could be an absolute machine. Um, 
just the more I've watched lately, the more I'm seeing some stuff. And I'm like, is this a situation where we're falling in love with the idea of what Shannon Sharp could be? And I get that because he, his last level of competition was high school. But I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, there's always the athletic guy that looks like he could shoot the ball from deep and jumps out of the gym. But can the rest of that game develop? And, and that's going to be the question with Shady Sharp. And that's why I think, like, there's been reports from some of the, the mainstream guys saying, like, hey, teams are a little nervous about Sharp. Just they're talking about, like, they have all these questions. They don't know, like. It wouldn't surprise me if he just slipped because a lot of GMs are going to be like, I know more about Matherin. I've, I have a bigger sample size. Like Sharp is is a wild card. Yeah. So I, the, the the reason I asked that question wasn't to denigrate Sharp or anything. We've yeah. said a million times we're rooting for all these guys, yada, yada, yada. He's still a top 10 pick. Easy for us. We think he's uber talented. I just, I, I think he's a lot riskier than a lot of people are willing to admit. And the fact that we haven't seen him do anything at full speed in a year, you know, about a year really concerns me. And I think what, what Drake Rosen said on that podcast, I can't really get out of my head. And it's that everything he does feels predetermined. Yeah. Where it's none of it is impulsive none of it is improvised it's all okay i'm gonna cross over i'm gonna drive i'm gonna snatch back i'm gonna spin to my right and then i'm gonna take a jumper whether the defender's there or not it's all perimeter based creation that's already predetermined and the fact that that's what we basically saw him do in all these workouts at half speed i i just i just worry about how quickly that's going to catch up and be game ready. If that makes sense. I I buy the shot long-term. I I like him more as an off ball, off ball scorer than an on ball scorer. I really like the cutting. I really like the off ball movement, the off ball shooting, Um, but everything he's doing and everything he's showing is a guy who wants to handle the ball. And I think he's a good ball hand, or I think he has a good foundation to be a good on ball creator. But the fact that we haven't seen any of it in a live setting for such a long time just makes me pause. Then that on top of the defense being absolutely atrocious um, doesn't help either. Like this is the time of the year where it's my favorite because you start watching just like full games again. Cause you're just looking for like, you have your foundation of scouting and evaluating. You, you have a feel for everyone. But now you start to get to the real nitpick stuff where it's like, okay, I have a question. Let me go figure it out now. Like, and this is just what I like to do because it's like I had A.J. Griffin. I was like, I don't feel awesome about A.J. Griffin. Let me go back. And, and that's why I always say, like, keep watching film. Just get yep. to that point where you're like, okay, I got it. And um, I did A.J. Griffin, and, and I feel better now. Like, I feel like, okay, I was overreacting. I see a lot more than I was initially expecting. This is also where you just start making new notes. And um, I was watching Shade and Chart the other day because I was like, I, I was like, I, I think we're getting drunk on the idea. And when I started, which wa- is a lot of what the draft is, because yes, you're, you're, you're projecting for the future. You're hoping yeah. you're, you know, all of that. But some reality has to come into play too. And, and 
The problem is, is when you when you fall in love too much with a guy that is an unknown towards the top seven, you really got to be sure, or else that really is, that swing could do some damage. And I think that's why that report came out where it's like there's questions about Shaden Sharp. Teams are a little nervous, and it's like, yeah, it makes sense because, like Metcalf saying, we haven't seen this guy play full speed in almost over a year. Like, I. I haven't picked up a basketball in a couple of months and, and I, I go out there, I'm going to be horrendous. I can't imagine not playing for a year and change. And I know he's been practicing with Kentucky, all that stuff, but there's just stuff I'm seeing that's more red flags than I was initially now. And I'm not trying to downplay the kid. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying there's stuff I'm seeing where I'm like, I could see him going eighth or something instead of fourth. And, and you just keep watching and, I think the predetermined thing is 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 right spot on, Metcalf. And, and you keep watching his high school film. I think there's a lot of it, and it's yeah, not just there, his there shots. There are a lot of times where he has a driving lane and is already spinning back. It's like, what yeah, you, like it's there for you. Just take it. And then I think that's where the athleticism. He's a freak athlete. He's a freak vertical athlete. I think the athleticism gets overblown too. Um, you know, we I keep seeing these Jalen Green, Anthony Edwards comps, and you know, based on pure vertical jump, sure, he doesn't have that first step, and like the lateral stuff, he doesn't have that. Um, so I, I I think his athleticism is open court athleticism. I don't think it's as functional in the half court, at least not right now. Maybe that changes. Maybe he improves how much space he generates on his step back and how quick his first step is, but. I think a lot of that is getting a bit exaggerated. It's like uh, we're getting a little weird now with the, with the matchups, but it's like it's like Kendall Brown's athleticism, where it's like yes, you you want him to be more like pop more laterally, but Kendall's like if you get him in transition, it's like oh my gosh, hold yeah, your, yeah, hold yeah. on to your seat. But when you watch Sharp, I'm like everything seems predetermined. Everything seems like a little slow when it's having to go certain ways. I just, but there's upside. Like the shot's beautiful. Yes. He jumped yes. out of the gym. There's some really impressive stuff. I just think there's a lot longer of a road ahead than some might think. And that's why I, I could see him being a little bit later. So. All right. Number five, who you got? Gosh, I really just went all out on that. So, <laughs> and I'm not, like, we say it all the time. I'm not rooting against anyone. I'm just saying. We're educating like, hey, if Sharp fell, this might be why, because teams are a little nervous about that. Yeah, um, and we, we both still have him firmly in our – and he's yeah. seven, eight yeah. for me, and I don't see him moving. Exactly. Especially out of the top ten, for sure. Yeah, excuse me. I have him seven. So it's like I'm not rooting against him at all. I just, no. you know, um, I can still see him going like fourth <laughs> somehow. Like um, my next wing is going to be – Malachi Branham. Love it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I we had with Dan on the last podcast, and he said he's not convinced on him. And I was like, Dan, hold on. He went, he said, no Keegan, no Dan. And I was like, or no Keegan, no Branham. And I was like, Dan, you were really dancer. I was like, I feel like the shark in Jaws right now if you keep going down this path. Yeah, where's but, that unbroadcast button? <laughs> okay. But I, I, it was good. Like, Dan no, brought no. up great points. He um, did. Yeah, and I I love when anyone goes against the consensus because I'm like, yes, like speak your mind, like yes. say it, say it from your chest. But um, 
he was wrong. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I, I love Brad. I'm, I, I really do understand um, the hesitations, the doubts, like people talk about his finishing ability, stuff like that. But I still think he just has two. I love the guys that use the, the lack of elite speed to create with feel change of gears, hesitations. I think that's a really special skill. And I also think Branham has that, tough shot making ability that I think that is a skill. Like mm-hmm. if you can get buckets on a consistent basis with someone smothering you all over you. Um, yeah. Like I, I just love him. I think he's going to be a name that could go earlier than we expected. I think he's probably him and Dyson Daniels are probably the two buzzing names right now. They're the hottest names. So that's my pick Metcalf. I, I, I love Branham. Um, I have him at nine and I just I, so to when Dan talked about how he's not sold on him, I get it because when Branham really exploded in it was like January and February where he had those just where he was dropping twenty to twenty five a game. Yeah, um, you know, I, I was like, the, the this is not legit. These are all right. really tough contested mid range jumpers. He's not really creating any space at the rim. All this stuff is straight line, and then you, you go back and watch it and it's not fluky at all. It's no. someone who knows exactly how much space he needs and how to really use his body and his length to create those, just those inches of window. Um, and then a lot of his interior stuff is just how composed he is on the ball. He rarely ever picks up his dribble when he shouldn't. Um, he does that Steve Nash snake along the baseline. Yes. dribble All the time. Um, whether it's to snake back around for a layup or to, you know, just draw both defenders and dump it off to his big man for an easy layup. He does that all the time. He's an elite off ball shooter. The, you know, yes, he doesn't create a ton of space in the mid range. You know, I don't think he's going to be asked to do a lot of that early in his career, but as he grows, I'm sure the, the, the space generation will improve at least somewhat. Um, just to make his life a little easier, but it's a real testament to how consistent and concise his mechanics are on every single jumper that he's rising up, creating, you know, using his length exactly as, you know, creating as much space as he needs to and knocking down these contested jumpers, heavily contested jumpers over and over and over and over again. It's like, okay, the form is the exact same every single time. And then I think he's a really good passer. I, I wrote about his passing earlier this year. I think he's an incredible passer. The defense is the defense, I guess. Well, I guess we'll put it at that. Yeah, he has the length and upside. He's got the wingspan. Someone's going to be convinced they could unlock it. But, um, you know, I, I think some people might watch Branham and think he, like, over dribbles and stuff. I don't think it's that at all. I think he's just strategic with yeah creating angles and – being patient and understanding like, okay, if I just keep working at this, keep grinding, I'm going to get this wide open angle. So I love him. Every time I watch him, I'm like, Oh, this is, this is awesome. What Metcalf, what was it? Cause me and you did a pod when, when he was, I think we were, uh, we were finally getting into the point at the end of the year. We're like, okay, it's time to grind on some film. And we did a pod together where we kind of revealed that, um, we both just skyrocketed him up our boards. Mm-hmm. Was there like something in his game that just made you just swing? Like you were like, Oh, okay. This guy's like not going in the twenties. This guy should be 
way higher on my board. Was there just one thing that really popped at you where you were just like, oh, okay, I was, I'm really in love now. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, was there yeah, a swing it, ability that just caught your attention? Yeah, it's, it's mainly the pick and roll stuff. Yeah. Um, and EJ Liddell is arguably the best pick and roll partner to have in college basketball this last year. Um, he was incredible. It's just setting screens. But Branham also did a brilliant job of setting his defender up and dribbling really tightly off the screen and then using his body to put the defender in jail. Because um, defend uh, the you know his specific defender, you can't go under him or else he'll just knock down a three. Um, and then once he gets you on his back in the mid-range, you're toast because he's a, an incredible passer. Not flashy or whatever, but consistent makes a right read keeps his dribble alive to and just really plays a smart cat and mouse game so that ability to run the pick and roll and create on ball as like a second side creator with the just absurd off ball shooting numbers is like okay th- this guy can fit in nba offense um and then it's just kind of disregarding the defense um and he has the length to at least do something so I, I think his best bet is as an off-ball defender, oddly enough, because um, he, he just dies on too many screens in the pick and roll. He's really got to improve that. Um, but I don't think the defense is going to be detrimental and outweigh how absurdly versatile and effective his offense could be. What was it for you? It was uh, the tough shot making and then his feel. I think yeah. is, <clears throat> excuse me. I think it feels one of the most impressive I've watched on film in this class because it's you can be a good basketball player when it comes to being like successful and, and pick and rolls and stuff, but Branham is so good at like you're saying the angles make like that stuff is so crucial. Mm-hmm to hiding some of like your weaknesses. Like people might be like, he's not the quickest, but it's like, yeah, but he uses those angles to give him the best position to succeed. It's like what, why Luca's so awesome is because mm-hmm. Luca's footwork, his timing, his ability to react to what you're trying to do. Stuff like that is, is awesome. Branham is just so good at, like you're saying, I, I love how you put it like the cat and mouse game. Like he's really good at, like, no, like, come here and wait for this to be the proper screen. And then we're going to go because I'm going to put you in a tough spot where it's like running elbow to elbow. And those fundamentals that I think a lot of people don't realize, like, guys get sloppy with those. And, yeah. and when you tighten those up and get really specific, you can do some dangerous stuff with your game. And and I think that's what impressed me with him is is he is a technician with that stuff because he understands of like one extra dribble i have a better angle you know stressing patience i i I got a better shot if i get this guy to bite this way with his momentum going this way now i have my little step back from the elbow like he just just got a great feel And, and i just love how he plays composed so that that really when i start seeing that i was like my goodness and then and then you just see the the pick and roll ability the catch and shoot upside you're just like okay there's some real tools yes i know offensively he almost reminds me of like a younger jalen williams 
the way he just dictates pace, goes at plays at his own speed, and just puts defenders in jail in the middle of the floor. Wow. Is that like the first time ever we've just compared a draft <laughs> prospects to a older draft prospect? That's the first time I've done that. That's unbelievable. A no ceilings exclusive, folks. You've never <laughs> heard that anywhere else. That might be brilliant. Selling t-shirts now. Um, All right. Mo- moving on to six. Yeah. Who you got? Oh, gosh. I'm up. See, I got so excited about Branham that I just kind of ignored. Oh, wait. No, you just picked Branham, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. See, okay. there you go. That's my, yeah, that's my now head. we're getting All right. juicy. <laughs> um, All right. I'm going to go U- Ushman Jang. I love it. Good. Tell me why. I just... I... We talked about him the other week. Just that 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 second half of the year was so impressive. Um, the first half of the year was atrocious. I hated every second of it. Um, but there is very little of the second half that I didn't love. So I'm still worried. I think he's. I think he could be in line for a disastrous rookie year. But given the mental fortitude he showed this year and overcoming that slow start and finding his rhythm and toughening up and growing confidence on both ends of the ball, I really like him on or. I really like him long-term. I think he's got some pretty scary tools. Is there a world where you might prefer Zhang to Shaden Sharp? Mm. I'm talking like the, here we go. We're getting mad scientist mode, folks. Shaden Sharp reaches his dream ceiling. Yeah. And Zhang reaches his dream ceiling. What player do you think has more, like, you wouldn't want to face? Like, do you, if you're an opposing team, do you want to face possessed Shaden Sharp or do you want to face possessed Zhang? Because I think Zhang, if he reached every, and we're just being, we're having fun here. We're getting crazy. Zhang's yeah. um, got a, some scary all around ability now sharp yeah. at his godlike peak might drop 55 on you and miss yes. two shots but Zhang also like could drop 24 and 15 assists and eight rebounds i don't know i just i'm having fun here i'm too excited for the draft it's almost like 22 <laughs> days <laughs> we got less than 30 days this is incredible so from a one-on-one perspective i would be terrified of shade and sharp because yeah i'd be I, horrified I, it'd be Kobe on Jalen Rose, just dropping 80. Um, <laughs> 81 olives. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, I, so I, I, I don't want that anywhere near me. Um, but from like a team perspective and having to deal with Jang's off-ball shooting potential, you know, we're assuming he hits his 100th percentile. So yeah. on-ball creation is jumped. He's an awesome playmaker. And then the defensive improvements that he showed this year, are through the roof and he's an all NBA defensive candidate. So from a team perspective, no, no, thank you. Um, Based on the likelihood of them hitting their kind of 90th percentile outcomes, I think Sharps is higher yeah, than drinks. Sure. Uh, sure. But man, I, I th- that second half of the, so I was talking with Nick on NBA deep dives podcast about this earlier. And I thought Maxwell put it awesome earlier this year where it was, when he wrote about Jang in January or something like that. And he was like, guys, there's a difference between skinny and soft. And he was worried that Jang was soft. And I think in that first half of the year, when that was his dominant tape, 
there's an argument for that. What he showed in the second half of the year, that dude's not soft. He is tough mentally, mentally tough. He still needs to improve how physical he plays, but once he started gaining confidence in his defensive footwork and positioning, that improved. It got better. He stopped just ushering guys to the rim and started getting in the way of their drives and taking that contact to the chest. So I, I think that guy's a lot tougher mentally and willing to work through some shit uh, than he's given credit for. And oh God, I, I love betting on those guys. It's one of the most remarkable, complete, just flip flops of a season I've seen. Like, because I, um, I have a guy, uh, a connection overseas is really, really talented international scout. Like uh, he's great mind, great, great friend that I've made over the years. And, and I asked him beginning of the year, I was like, what, how are you feeling about Zhang? And he just is like, the, the kid looks lost. Like he yeah. is in another world. He doesn't know what's going on. And then I agree. Cause I, I, I was just fascinated with them. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. I want to see, there was so much buzz about him when you when you talk to international scouts, just like the basketball scouting world when it was coming into the year because they're like, Zhang has serious potential. And he'd been buzzing since he was in France. But then you watch that first half of the season, like Metcalf's talking about, and it was just brutal. Like, And I he did look lost. He looked like a kid that had no confidence, a little soft, and then just like a snap. All of a sudden, it was like Thanos snapping the universe, and you're just like, whoa this is a basketball player like this is fun and um then you really started seeing some signs and and that's what i'm saying like boy he he, someone is gonna buy like if he goes top 10 it won't shock me because someone it teams looking at the the analytics are gonna stay away from him but someone's gonna look at him as a basketball talent and say throw those numbers out the door we have a potential star here like a diamond in the rough so someone's gonna fall in love and i know a lot of people have mocked him to the spurs and everyone's like oh it's the international joke i was like no the spurs might do it because there might be like we're not passing this up are you kidding me yeah so um i love him i'm I'm right there with you completely shifted my mindset of him i had him in the 50s at one point i i said there's no way he can go this year i said he's gotta go back another year and i was like it's not even close and then that's why we always say, like, do your check-ins. And you did a check-in later in the year on Jang, and you were like, oh, my gosh, I need to what, – what happened? Like, did he get a new girlfriend? What's going on? Like, it was just like the confidence, just complete different players. So um, I'm rooting for him. He's exciting. He's going to be another wild card. Absolutely. Number seven, who you got? God, I love this episode. I'm getting way too excited. This has been <laughs> great. Um the point guard class, the point guard episode was such a nightmare. I felt like <laughs> Freddy Krueger was haunting me. Now I'm like, this is heaven is a place on earth. Um, screw it. Let's let's keep the good times going. I'm taking Jaden Hardy. I love oh it. My, oh my. Yeah, goodness. talk about oh. a guy that I'm believing in. Um, I I I I love Hardy. I'm not going to give up on him. I don't care if he doesn't click, but I think the off ball scoring. Um, it's the exact year I thought he was going to have with the G league. And, and I know everyone's like bull crap. And I'm like, no, this is what I thought he was going to have. I thought he was going to go play against pros. They're going to try to develop him. He was going to have a little bit of a rude awakening. And, um, everyone was like, Oh, he was supposed to be, uh, 
outside candidate for the first overall pick. And it's like, okay. So yeah, he goes down there and doesn't average 28 a game and shoot 48% from three. And we're all like, what's he doing? So I get it. I watched when the turnovers were happening. I, I understand he had some growing pains, but we've seen this. Um, Jonathan Kaminga. I think a lot of people might be quick to say they were a little wrong on Kaminga because we were all freaking out about how he looked in those other G league bubble games after he had that outstanding first one. And it's like, they know what they're doing down there, guys. They know how to develop these guys. Now it's going to be on Hardy. It's going to be on what he's got between the head. If he's willing to work, if he's willing to accept the role, if, if he wants to be like, Hey, I'm the guy he could fall. But if he's willing to accept his role and, and trust the team to bring out the best basketball on him, I still believe in the upside. I still think he's got great talent. I, I really struggle with Hardy. Um, I, I I understand the context. I understand what what they did with him, and I'm incredibly impressed with the improvements that he showed this year. I I, I just I think landing spot is going to be so important for him. And you know, I yes, yes I, I know it's important for every prospect. Blah blah blah. I, but it matters more for some than others. And I think Hardy falls into that camp. Um, if he goes to a team that expects him to be a high on ball usage guy, I think the results could be really rough. Um, I love him as an off ball shooter though. And the way that he kind of varies his routes off screens and started kind of basically just running off of pin downs and using that to create like a pseudo pick and roll, um, to get downhill and in the paint and then create a lob or a pocket pass or something. I really like that stuff. Um, and the, the defense is, it's not good. And I don't think it's ever going to be good. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm a little hesitant on what I, I don't love the athleticism. And I think that's really going to hinder him long-term, um, as an on-ball guy. It could be a blessing. I think the later the draft goes and the more he yes, falls, yes. I'm going to say this is perfect for Jaden Hardy. Cause he's going to. If he had that year that everyone was expecting, and maybe they didn't play him as a as a primary point guard, they just let him play off the ball the whole year, and he shot 44% from three and just did what he did best. And, and everyone was like, oh, man, this is a lethal shooter. And maybe he went seventh. Like, I think that would have really rung the dinner bell about some 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 red flags but i think now if he falls later and you know we've talked about like denver if he somehow ended up there with denver where they have bones and him coming off the bench and and becoming offensive weapons um it's gonna get interesting like even memphis or 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 teams like that that could use his off the ball scoring like i i think it could be a blessing yeah, so I, I know every mock, including ours, we we always send a power forward to Chicago at eighteen. Yeah, what if that was Jaden Hardy? I I think something like that's going to happen, Metcalf. I think we're all just getting fascinated with these these fits. Like we've always had EJ Liddell there, and, yep. And like today, we joked and we're like, you know, Dale and Terry now staying in, and I'm getting off track, but like that throws a wrinkle. That could be a name in there too. But I still think. Hardy's going to get someone to buy in on him. Now, I don't know if it's going to be. Yeah, but I'm just saying like someone, I think late lottery or you get to that 15 to 18 and, and right right in front of your T-Wolves, like 
I could see Charlotte being a, a just a whoa, okay, and I could see Atlanta being like uh, intrigued with that offensive upside. Um, I don't know if I could see Houston, but I'm just saying <laughs> like, like it, it, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I, I really do believe he's still got some some serious games, some some talent waiting to be unlocked, and and I think someone's going to be buying and. and um, you never know, but he, he's the name that I just can't get over. I've watched as much as possible. Um, yeah. we had a meeting before this podcast, everyone with our team. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing a Jaden Hardy piece because that's just, I'm in, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I'm going to be able to sleep fine if I'm wrong, but I just see too many games and I see some flashes and, and just how effortless he looks with when he's confident, how good and effortless it looks for him. I think someone's going to take him and say, we're putting you off the ball, do exactly what you love to do, and we'll figure out everything else. So I'm going to stop talking. See, this is what happens when Hardy gets brought up. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. Never apologize. Where are you at? Do we have, are we nine or 10 or what? Uh, where we are at eight. So I'm going to go with a guy who I've adored since his freshman year and whose game has completely changed since his freshman year. Um, I think it is one of the best developmental stories um, in recent college basketball history. I'm going Ochag Baji. I really like this pick. Yeah. Really like he, pick. he rocks. And the fact I, I don't understand similar to the date, what we were talking about earlier with Davis and people cooling on Davis and turning away from that. The same thing has happened with Ochai, and I just I do not understand it. Is he going to be this dynamic on-ball creator? No. That's okay. But in the late lottery, middle of the first round, if you're getting a seasoned, experienced wing who can, who's an incredible athlete, great motor, really smart player, good off-ball shooter, great cutter, uh, good lob finisher, and awesome team defender, what else do you want? Because all of these guys that you're hoping to develop, you're, everyone that gets mocked ahead of him and everyone that I see talked about ahead of him, the hope is that they develop into what Ochai already is. He is that, day one. You're hoping this 18-year-old can be that. And I see all these arguments about, oh, well, what? how old will he be on this third contract? If he gets to a third contract, that's an incredible success story. Not many guys get to a third contract. So I, I, it's just another example of how I feel like the age, um, just the, the age argument gets way overblown and just inappropriately used. Going to be a highway robbery wherever he goes. Yeah. Um, my stupid big board document had him ranked as a forward, not a wing or guard. So that's why I didn't just bring him up earlier. So, but I'm going to say, I, I, I get one mistake every, you know, everybody gets one and I feel like I'm averaging one per, but I love Otai. I think I just, I, I think this is going to be a classic. We look back in three years and just be like, damn, like, why did we overthink Abaji just because he was older? And it, cause I think he's going to shoot the cover off the ball and he's going to play his ass off every yeah. single game and he's gonna be tough and he's gonna be coachable and he's gonna do anything they want it sounds like he's an incredible kid that is just gonna 
probably Blossom and in, in interviews. He's going to be the guy that slips through through the cracks. Doesn't yeah. get enough attention. Gets drafted. It's perfect. I can already see it happening. So, yeah, I, I love Igbaji. All right, number nine, who you got? Um, where am I going with number nine? You know what? Can you confirm with me? Did we take uh, my prodigal son in the last episode, the point guard episode? No, we did not. We did not. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I should have taken him a lot earlier. I love him. I'm going to take Jalen Williams of Santa Clara. Um, I just love him. Yeah. I just love him, Metcalf. I, 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 I'm going to order a nice little frame Jalen Williams Santa Clara jersey on my wall. I'm kidding, guys. But just a guy, I think, um, very much like Branham, really knows how to play under control, play with change of gears, play with pace. He's got great length. He's got good size. He's got versatility. He could take over a game shooting. He can take over a game um, with his playmaking. Just a gamer. And, and I, I think the the Santa Clara tag has been like, where is this guy coming from? But will not shock me if he goes early. Um, one of the hottest names, and I think someone's going to be really sold on um, the, the complete offensive versatility moving forward. So I love Jalen Williams. Um, I feel bad for, you know, your team in this exercise because I just feel like I just hit this out of the park. Like, I, I don't really know if I missed anywhere. Um, just a great draft. Great haul by me, you know. Chess, when you're playing checkers, I'm playing chess. So there you go. No, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited, guys. Come on. Tomorrow's June 1st. You know how long we've been waiting for this? It's draft month, baby. Okay, so what what do you say to the argument that all of this Jalen Williams love is recency bias, and it's just because he had a good, he had a couple good scrimmages? I I think it's bull crap. <laughs> I wrote an article. Eloquent as always. <laughs> no, I, I think I wrote an article earlier in the year. Um, I I just saw this kid, and I was like, I I, I wonder if teams are going to get intrigued with this guy. And, and usually when you see a prospect and you, and you start, you know, getting fascinated with them, um, I just quickly saw like, okay, like what's the schedule like coming up? Like, has he got any tough matchups? And he, and he had like St. Mary's Gonzaga on it. I was like, there you go. Here, let's, let's find out what this kid's made of. Cause it always sucks when a guy's dominating at that competition level. And then he goes and plays the, the tougher teams and just puts an egg up and you're like, ah, but like Gonzaga, they played him at Santa Clara. They were getting blown out, and he was just battling. He just kept kept giving them the business. He was like, I'm not giving up, and I thought he impressed. Um, everyone's seen the clips where he's put Chet Holmgren on, on skates this year. And then St. Mary's, he was brilliant. Um, they had an upset victory. He was just – I watched that whole game, and I was like, man, this kid can play. And it wasn't like he had 35. He had like, I want to say, uh, like – Eight, 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 18 points, 10 assists, one block, four steals, two rebounds, 70% from the floor. And it felt dominant. Like, I know those stats sound impressive. It felt even more. I, I wasn't even, like, looking at the numbers. And I was just like, this kid is just taking over. And Because I think that's that's star potential. When, when you can impact the game in more than, you know, four or five ways, mm-hmm. whether it's scoring, assists, rebounding defense um and and i really do think like jalen has that 
kind of swagger and ability with, with his game. And, and I just really, really like him. So, um, yeah, I won't shock me. Some team drops him really early. Will not shock me. Yep. I'm very excited for draft Twitter to freak out when it happens. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> at number 10. Nowhere. What are you talking about? At number 10, um, I'm going I'm to be weird. I'm going to be, be a, a little against the grain, but it's a guy that I've hyped all year, a guy that I've refused to move out of my top 20. He is officially staying in, Max Christie. Yes, I thought you were going another route. Okay, love No, this. no. We'll, we'll mention Prochita in, the, in, in honorable mentions, but no, I, I, I refuse to move off Max Christie. I... I think he's a really good on-ball defender as I think he has a frame to add a lot of muscle. And once he does that length, that footwork, that positioning, I think is going to be a nasty defender. And that's not even what he's pegged at. He's pegged as this off-ball shooter. I know the percentages weren't there, but I like the movement. I like the relocation ability. I like the shooting mechanics. Um, Sure, there are a few tweaks here and there, but the foundation of what he is it's more than what the percentages and the raw numbers say. And I'm betting on that talent in the top 20 every day of the week. I'm getting back in on him, Metcalf. Love it. I am telling you, I thought, so this is what happens every draft cycle is I, there's a couple guys I will be like, okay, I got a feel for them, but I'm convinced they're going to go back. And then Christy came out and was like, I'm staying in. And I was like, bet, here we go. Let's go to work. <laughs> like, I was like, fire up the tape. And I started watching him defensively. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, there is unreal upside defensively. Like, he has beautiful footwork. His feet are like it looks like he's just like bouncing around like a boxer. Oh, it's unbelievable how quick he can shift his hips on drives. He smothers you. I was like, Whoa, I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa." I'm like you. I was like, everyone's talking about his um, shooting upside. Like when it comes to like his mid range game, his shot, I was like, this is making me fall in love with Christy. Like this is a legit tool, like a legit weapon of his. So, um, that's where I was like, hey, I, I really liked his upside offensively. But seeing this, if those two worlds combine, like, oh, my goodness. So I, another guy, I will not be shocked. If, if someone has a big circle around Max Christie of, hey, we don't care if he's on the board at, you know, Minnesota at 19. If they're like, we don't care. We This is exactly what we want. He'll play great defense. We'll figure out the shot. We don't care. Um, Someone's going to be buying into the upside because I know his shot struggled, but Tom Izzo giving him free reign all year to play extended minutes, regardless of that shot. That tells you what Tom Izzo thinks of a, a freshman like that struggling to get his shot going. Cause right. you see the defense and the, and the upside. So. And, I love and, that. and I think that's a good point too. Cause I, I obviously we weren't in the gym or anything, but I think that speaks to how hard he was working in practice because Izzo do, just doesn't give guys minutes. No, you know he doesn't. He doesn't care. He's Tom Izzo. He he runs that program. He runs a athletic department. So I I don't I don't think those minutes were given. I think they were earned in some form or fashion. And a lot of that I think came through the defense and just his willingness to be coached. And yes, there were freshman mistakes. There were young kid mistakes where he looked out of place and he looked lost and 
behind the play. That happens with every freshman all the time. I'm not worried about it. I, I think this kid's going to be really good. And I think the fact that he quickly came out and said, I'm 100% staying in, tells you that he's going first round. I think he is. So is I, 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 would, I would stop buying into the mock drafts that have him in the late 40s because I think he's going to be a first round guy. It's uh, it's my favorite part of the year because you you start playing detective, and yeah. you start going like, okay, there's the you you start piecing together the clues, the evidence. It's like, okay, he says he's staying in, and you're like, all right, well, where could it be? Because here's the thing: if a guy's staying in, and they announce that early that they're staying in. They ain't staying in for a second round promise that early, like without going and working out or without going to participate in combines and stuff like that. There's usually something going on behind the scenes. Now we've seen it before. Like a team will promise go a different direction happens all the time. You know, it doesn't mean you're automatically going to happen, but um, I'd be shocked if he's not a first rounder be shocked. Yeah, absolutely shocked. Same. If if it would have gone right up to the deadline and it would have been, Max Christie has decided to stay in. And I've been like, okay, he he's just like, just let me get to the pros and I'll figure it out. Yeah. The fact that it was four, five, six days before the deadline. I don't know. I'm not saying, but. Yeah. I mean, it was, was it even like the start of the combine? I think it was like right after maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm. Blanking off the top of my head, but I do know when I, when it happened, I was like, "Whoa, okay, you feel pretty good. You you you, you got some good feedback. You, you feel pretty good about that if you're making that blunt of like a I'm in, because then you start going to work out for teams, and he must have felt good before then. So, gonna be an, gonna be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Well, let's run through uh, just a few honorable mentions. Um, I'll just kind of go down my board in order here. Uh, Gabriel Prochita, PBJ maybe, but he probably falls into, I don't know. Yeah, probably PBJ would fall into this class. Uh, Christian Brown, uh, Bryce McGowan's, I think is a really, like one of the better upside bets late in the first round um, because if he hits, he could be nasty. Um, I think he'll, he's going to be fascinating. Ryan Rollins, Trevor Keels, um, yeah, those are a couple of them. I, although I didn't say him, um, yeah, I, I, Christian Brown, if I needed to go to war with a player, this list would have looked a lot different. And Christian Brown would have been at the top. Um, tomorrow, everyone listening at for this on uh, Wednesday, you know, we'll find out a lot of answers tomorrow. Trevor Keels is the big name. We're going to find out if he's going to stay in or, or he's going to go back to Duke for another year. Um, I think he's another wild card. I think if he stays in, someone could be buying into the upside, but that's definitely another honorable mention. Um, Bochamp, probably another name that maybe we could have thrown in here. You know, do we Can think we talk about forward? him quick? Yeah, of course. What do you think? You're, you're struggling. You're struggling. I don't know what to do with him. It's it's. Is he going first round? I don't know. When people were getting the lotto buzz in the beginning of the year, I was like, this is because it's a hot name. 
and we're waiting. We're waiting. Like this is what I, we yeah. get a late rush of names at the end of the year. It always happens. That's what I'm saying. Like big boards in the beginning of the year, this it's unbelievable how much they change. Yeah. Um, you might have the same assortment of names or 90% of those names, but there's going to be change. And I think he's just the guy that he's got to have to have specific, like it's what you said earlier, Metcalf, like, yes, the draft is fit dependent every year, but this year there's going to be some prospects that really need the right fit to, to, to get up there. Like Bochamp is going to have a run in the first round. He's just got to get one of those teams. But like Denver, if they're like, hey, we could use him off the bench, he could be a mm-hmm. great asset. Brooklyn, if whatever, if they keep their pick or Philly gets it, I mean, just just make up your mind. Um, and then I'm looking at some other teams. Like he, he's going to need that playoff team to be like, we need a spark off the bench because I don't think anyone in the lottery is going to be like, we have to have Bochamp here. Yeah. And it's nothing against this game. I just think that's. He's a utility weapon that you need to unleash in your rotation. And I think everyone falls in love with upside. So guys like, you know, Bryce McGowan's we're talking about might get a little bit more love than him because people are saying the ceiling with McGowan's is so much higher when realistically Bochamp just might be a, a dang good piece to have if he's like your eighth guy. Um and I'm not insulting his game. I'm just saying I think that's what front offices are going to look at and why he might slip. Um, because I'm right there with you. I love him. Every time I watch him, I like him. Because I believe in that type of player. I believe in the hustle guys that do the dirty work. And, and I still think like he's got some upside with his game. But one of those ones I could see slip into like the early second round or... Um, you know, it's the late twenties and Toronto's picking at one of the first 30 spots and Toronto loves them as just a rotation asset. And Toronto's like, let's go get them. Like that's, that's where I think he's at. All right. Fair enough. And I, I, I recognize that I'm lower on him than most. Um, I, I, I think just a couple of other names to note, like deep, Second round sleepers. Uh, I think Marcus Sasser is a name people should yes. keep an eye on. Um, uh, where'd they go? Uh, Julian Champagny is another one who's just, he could be a lethal scorer. Um, and then I, I, I love Tevin Brown. Um, I think he's just one of the best off ball shooters in this class. So what about you? Any deep sleepers or no? Or have we kind of covered them all. I still can't fully fight the Keon Ellis experience. Um, yeah, he's like right there with Tevin Brown. He's like a spot behind for me. Yeah. I'm still waiting to see what Tyler Burton decides to do. Um, I love Tyler Burton. You know, me and you are going to sit on the draft night and we're going to watch the whole thing together on the stream and... I cannot wait to see Caleb Houston where he ends up. That was a good name. I am just like, I don't care. Like every time I go through my big board and I get to Caleb Houston, I'm like, where the heck are you going to go? Yeah. He could go 25. He could go 49. And I would not blink 
No. Like I'd be like, I get it. Um, but he, I, he, he, I think he, he has got a to problem. Have, oh, he has to because he shut everything down. Everything. Workout videos, combine. Like we, we we don't see shooting videos of him in an empty gym. One of the bigger surprises of this whole cycle, because that was a guy. I would say him, JD Davis, and not playing in the scrimmage. Don't know. Still don't know. Yeah. I, I wake up at two a.m. every night screaming at the top of my lungs, and and I can't figure out why JD Davison didn't play. Um, but yeah, Caleb Houston just shutting down. I was like. Could you be a little bit more obvious about getting a promise? Like, but but he didn't shut down for a, a promise at thirty. Like, I see some mock drafts of like, okay, see, might have promised him at thirty. I'm like, he didn't shut down for that. I mean, I think he shut down for maybe like a. So, like, we talking Spurs at twenty? Like something like that. You have to. Maybe twenty four to Milwaukee or twenty. Five to the Spurs. I don't know. It's going to be crazy. I don't know. That it is. All right. Rucker, thank you so much for joining me. This is fun. As always, building lists. So much fun. Please plug away. Tell Uh, people where they can find you. Folks, tomorrow, all you got to do, or while you're listening to this, you're you're driving in the car, you're having a good morning, you you know, or you're having a good afternoon. You just got off work. All you got to do. Go look at No Ceilings NBA on Twitter or go to noceilingsnba.com. Got a draft guide up, folks. Just just go check it out. Go have some fun. That's all you got to do. I don't you don't need to follow me. Just go check out the draft guide tomorrow and we're going to have some some other stuff that you might uh, be very interested in. Hint, it's clothes. So yeah. <laughs> go check it out. We're really pumped. We had a lot of um designers and, and and people we reached out to behind the scenes that worked with us our team did a great job i'm i'm pumped for everyone to see it yeah and i i can't echo that enough um i feel like we haven't asked for much um and if you guys have really enjoyed all the free stuff we've given you all year we love doing it we're gonna keep doing it no matter what so but best way for you to support us and it would mean the absolute world to us if you if you're able to, if you can afford it, if you're, if you feel like we deserve it, please go check out the draft guide we're putting out tomorrow. It's, it looks gorgeous. It is. I'm honored to be part of it. Honestly, if I wasn't, I wouldn't say it. Um, And then we got some awesome merch and it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be really cool. If you're able to support us, please do so. Please go check all that out. Uh, no ceilings nba.com no ceilings nba on twitter no ceilings tv on youtube thank you if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to subscribe leave a review and five star rating till next time see ya